Coming to you from sunny Los Angeles, she is a lifestyle, beauty, and health enthusiast, and he is a serial entrepreneur and marketing expert. And now, Suita and Haseeb will be taking you on a glorious ride. Welcome to Cup of Joe Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to Cup of Joe with Haseeb and Suita. And today we have a very, very special guest. He is the first person to travel all across Pakistan or attempt to travel all across Pakistan in a rickshaw. And if you guys don't know what a rickshaw is, it's basically like a little of a car, kind of like a little jeepney to the Filipinos, if you guys know what that is. And it's like not a real car. So please welcome Alexander Volger Ding. And I'm sorry, did I say that right? It's Volberding. I know it's Volberding. Okay. Sorry. Alexander. Alexander. Okay. All right. Please welcome Alexander, everybody. And Hasim is also here. I'm Alexander. All right. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing really good, guys. Really, really good. Editing tons of footage, a massive amount of footage for the vlogs and all the videos and stuff that I'm putting out. So, really excited actually to like sit down and hammer down. So, it's been good. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, awesome. We're going to just jump right into asking you about your experience riding in a rickshaw and traveling through Pakistan. It's like a third world country out there going from US to the third world country. We just want to know right when you landed, what did you think or what did you did you have any expectations? I've been traveling, solo traveling for about 10 years to all sorts of crazy countries and doing all sorts of ridiculous stuff. Pakistan was a really interesting one because I had been traveling for so long. I knew I was getting into some in some really interesting situations, but the big thing is when I first landed, nobody was talking about Pakistan and the tourism like industry. Like nobody. In fact, I told people I was like, "Hey, I'm going to go to Pakistan," and they're like, "You're going to die!" Like literally, like all my friends. Have been, well, yeah, my friends were especially like, "Dude, you're going to like actually die!" Like there's terrorists and kidnapping and everything over there. Nobody talked about it though. You know, I didn't even like. I didn't know what the situation was, so I landed, and I landed in Islamabad, which is like even through all like Pakistan's like trials and tribulations, Islamabad has like continued to remain one of the safest places. Anyway, now it's like the most safe place you could ever possibly live in. And I get there and I'm scared to death. I'm, you can look at the first vlogs that I made about Pakistan. I'm sitting in the airport and I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? This is so dumb. And is this the started, part where you were expecting that uh, what if your friend was supposed to come over and then pick you up and he never showed up? Yeah, so that was part of it. I was couch surfing and I was like, hey, I'm just like showing up in Pakistan. I'm going to couch surf with this dude. He didn't show up, didn't know where I was going to stay. And then like I get to the airport and man found a host who was super gracious and ended up staying with him for a couple of days. But even through all of that, like I was just like so scared. And it was like, that's the image that the West gets from all of the media that comes out of there. But as I traveled, I mean, of course, we come to know that Pakistan is an awesome country. Yes, it is a third world country, but man, it is really cool. I've been there about six months now, and I got about six months more to go. So, Okay, so when you first decided that you wanted to do this, why did you choose Pakistan? Why not India? India would have been your safer option. Yeah, in the history of all of my travels, I hate doing things that other people are doing. I've been making vlogs for, at that time, almost about two years and everybody was in India, like, oh my God, this is India. I'm traveling, doing travel videos and I'm riding an elephant. That's so cool. It's like, well, you know, I speak a bunch of languages and Hindi and Urdu are, are some of them. And I was like, why not Pakistan? And everybody's like, dude, you're going to die. And I was like, what? Then I have some Pakistani friends here in the United States and they're like, dude, it's actually pretty dope. Like, really, really gets a bad rap. I was like, okay, guys, if you say so. 
And so that's how I ended up in Pakistan. And I was like, nobody else is doing it. So why not me? So it's actually interesting because like the first time, the reason I went to Pakistan was actually to do, I wanted to, I want to tell stories. That's my whole gig. I love telling stories. And I wanted to do some sort of storytelling with journalists or NGOs or something. I didn't know what, but something. And in the process of all of this, I was vlogging and the vlogs that I made really took off. And so I was like, well, shoot, I got to go back to Pakistan and do the same thing, but, you know, in a different format. Like, mm-hmm. So vlogging became the medium. Well, I personally love how you went out of the norm and didn't choose India because, of course, everyone just automatically is like, let's go to India, let's see the Taj Mahal. But you did something different. You went to a country that has a bad or negative reputation and you kind of gave them this positive light through your YouTube vlogs, which we've seen a couple episodes. And that's what we were really impressed and we want to reach out to you. So can you tell us about like the people there? Like, what did you think about the people of Pakistan? How did they treat you or did they see you differently? Stuff like that. You'll hear a lot about this from a lot of people and myself included is like one of the best things, if not the best thing about Pakistan, other than like sites and all the food and all that fun stuff is the hospitality. I would encourage anybody to show me a more hospitable country. Really, 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 really. And you'll see this a lot, especially now that a lot of us, like social media influencers or whatever, are headed to Pakistan. Almost all of them will, actually, I would say all of them would talk about Pakistan's uh, hospitality. So I would say that's the big one. As far as reactions go, man, a guy wearing a cowboy hat driving a rickshaw. Oh, that turns out (laughs) so hard. Yeah, there's, I can literally do countless vlogs over people's reactions of just like, in certain areas too, it's really fun. You can see the reaction changes. In areas where people are more accustomed to seeing tourists like Lahore, Karachi, Islamabad, I turn less heads or it's more just like a thumbs up kind of reaction. When you're traveling through like inner Punjab, inner Sindh, people literally stop. Like they stop dead and they're, they're like, what the hell did just happen? It's like <laughs> if you're outside and you saw like Barney driving in a convertible with, I don't know, whatever, like, yeah, and you're just like, what is going on? It's the same thing. So, but it's been awesome. Like it's been, been really cool and the people are pretty awesome. I definitely agree with you because when I went there for the first time, I didn't know what to expect, like with how the people would treat me. And it was my first time out of the States. And so when I saw how wonderful everybody was, they were, like you said, they were hospitable and they were just so nice and welcoming. It was a good feeling, especially because I had like my American accent, even when I spoke Urdu, they didn't really make fun of me for that. Just treat me differently. And it helped because I was with this guy. So he's like pure (laughs) Pakistani, you know? And so that definitely helped. That's actually a good question for you though, is how do Pakistanis view people who are, I guess, I don't know, maybe second generation Pakistani or like even people that look non-white. And that's a, that's a big thing is you hear a lot of discrimination against, I mean, like content creators or whatever who are non-white looking, you know? And I'm curious too, is like, just as a tourist who is brown, you know, how do Pakistanis view you? Do you feel like they were more or less hospitable to you because of your skin color, because you looked kind of Pakistani, if that makes sense. Does that, yeah, does that no, make sense? Definitely. And, um, They couldn't tell that I was from America because how I look. But once I started speaking, they were like, oh, she's not from here. But yeah, and the only thing that they thought of me as was they thought I would be snooty or cocky, especially his family. They were all expecting like this really like stuck up kind of person. (laughs) When they saw that I was like down to earth, just like them, you know, it was it was such an easy blend. But when when we went out shopping and stuff, I didn't really speak much because everyone knew or he told me that once I start talking, like my Americanized Urdu accent, they're going to pick up that I'm not from here and they'll try to take advantage of me or something. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and so, only for the reason of uh, negotiating. Like if you're out. Oh, no. You, stuff, yeah, yeah. So I asked her, like, okay, you can pick whatever you want, but you should not negotiate or tell what, how much is it. 
and then I can yeah. jump in and then negotiate and then we'll move on. That's the only place where I think it's kind of weird because it's hard for like her and you also when you were there, you don't know that most of the places when you go in and ask for something, usually they, they give you like 100 rupees something, but in reality it's like 40 rupees. And then you yeah. can bring it down if you negotiate. So that's the part where you're not good at it, but I think everything else is <laughs> No, you're right, totally. That's really funny. No, you're, okay. you're definitely right though. Now tell us about the concept of doing the rickshaw ride across the country. Like what made you think of that? Okay, for people listening that don't have any clue what a rickshaw is, uh, think of it like a really, really crappy motorcycle that has three wheels attached to a box. And it's very much like a box. There's no rear suspension in my rickshaw. So it's pretty brutal, not gonna lie. It's about 200 cc's, which it sounds like a lot, but you think about it, it's about 100 or 500 kg, which is like just over a thousand pounds. So like half a ton off of 200 cc's, which is not a lot. Now, it's a pretty crappy way to travel, but it's kind of like how New York City has the yellow cab. Pakistan has the rickshaw. And as far as like transportation, it's like huge. The probably arguably one of the biggest ways of transportation, public transportation in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Now, I got the idea because I use Kareem and Uber for viewers and listening in the West. Kareem is like Lyft, but Middle Eastern. And so I use Kareem and Uber now, a lot. And now, I was like, just to correct you there, now Kareem is part of Uber because Uber bought Kareem. So. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So now they're the same company. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. So I was using Kareem actually in Lahore. And I was thinking, I was like, you know, I want, I want to explore more cities outside of Lahore. How do I do that? My friends were like, you should buy a bike because everybody buys a bike. And, you know, you do the whole tour Pakistan on a bike thing. I was like, well, everybody's done that kind of going back. And I was like, well, what about a rickshaw? Joe, I think I lost you there. Did I lose you? Yes. The signal might have cut out. Okay. So I was like, yeah, why not buy a rickshaw? And they were like, no, that's really dumb. And they were, I was like, well, because you said that, I'm going to buy a rickshaw. So I did. I ended up going to Karachi and I spent about a month, actually just a little over a month, trying to get it ready. Like all of the paperwork, the licenses, like the registration, like even learning how to like fix the rickshaw. So we took apart the engine, put it back together, all the steering, all the wheels, the brakes, everything, trying to learn how, to, how this thing works. Then I drove it out of Karachi one morning at five in the morning and just continued headed up and it was brutal and it is brutal and I don't recommend it. It sucks. But from a different standpoint, it's so cool driving in a vehicle that has no doors because people come up to you and they approach you so easily. If you drive in a car, even if you drive in a motorbike with a helmet, you know, it's closed off and you don't get approached as much. And uh, I've talked about this with a number of other foreigners and it's just really interesting because like I'll be sitting in my rickshaw and people will literally walk across the street just to be like, why are you driving a rickshaw? And as opposed to like, if I was driving a car, you don't have that. People just stop and stare. And so the interactions that you get are really genuine and really like really, really interesting. And a lot of really cool stuff has happened from people just like walking up and being like, yo, what's going on? Why are you doing this? So that's been pretty fun. How about one of Kiri, you mentioned one scary one when you landed in Islamabad. Anything else other than that, especially when you were riding around interior sin, have you ever had any experience where you're like, oh, I think I should call someone because that's not a place I should. Good question. So when I started the trip, I didn't have any idea of how Pakistan security operates when it comes to tourists crossing the country. There's a pretty strict policy 
tourists crossing the country alone. So when I found this out pretty much immediately after I left Karachi's city limits, I was given a police escort. And I had a police escort pretty much the whole way. There was a few places where I did not for various reasons, but almost exclusively, I either had one up to five guys on motorcycles running my rickshaw on the in cars or whatever. So one thing I will say is, do I think Pakistan is safe? Yes. Do I think interior Sindh is safe? Absolutely. Actually, I think that interior Sindh has gotten such a bad rap, just like Pakistan, but I think it's absolutely safe. And so even in the few cases where I did not have security in interior Sindh, I was never, ever felt like threatened. That being said, it is really, really difficult to create content with security. And the thing is, is like, I'm going to talk about this in, in one of the blogs because it's so important to talk about. And the moment you introduce security into a situation with a foreigner or it is the situation with anybody, really, even if you went there and you had security, people are going to think that you're more important than you actually are, if that makes sense. So if you're walking on the street and you have a camera, people are going to look at you. But immediately, if you introduce two guys with guns behind you, they're going to be like, oh, he's somebody bigger or more important than he is. And that changes the way that people view you. You're no longer this person who's approachable. You're now this person who's like way up here on a pedestal and they're way down here. And so the conversation automatically starts off off-centered, if that makes sense. And so that's one of the things, if there's been any issues that I would say or that I could point out in the whole trip, it's been traveling while under escort. That has been really, really difficult. In addition to that is... Okay, so real brief history. Pakistan has had a really, really bad history of all sorts of bad things happening in Pakistan. And not even that, but the media perpetuates all of these things. So it just like emphasized 10 times more. And then now we're at a point where Pakistan is the safest that it's been in decades, in absolute decades. And Pakistan knows that. The Western world is coming to know that. But Pakistan is extremely paranoid that something will happen that'll send it back 30 years in tourism, if that makes sense. So Pakistan is a paranoid state when it comes to security, and it has every single right to me, don't get me wrong, like every single right to be. And I want them to continue to keep going as, as far as like the tourism economy like goes. I think what needs is Pakistan needs to back off just a little bit more, more and more and more and more. It's paranoia, if that makes sense. For example, right now, every foreigner that's traveling all the way across Pakistan, it will be issued security. Now, what's going to happen is Pakistan's tourism economy will increase, and it's it's going to increase a lot, like an absolute lot, like to the point of like millions and millions of people are going to go to Pakistan for tourism. But police escorts are not going to be sustainable all through that, if that makes sense. So there's going to be a point where there's so many tourists coming to Pakistan, but not enough police escorts. I mean, I think it's just a matter of like creating a safe environment but stepping away from the tourists, if that makes sense. So if you look at places like in Southeast Asia, if you look at India, if you look, unfortunately, even at Sri Lanka, like their situation was extremely safe. Foreigners are provided security, but they're not provided like individual guards or escorts, whatever. So I think if anything, like, I think that's the hardest thing is traveling under escort. And the reason is, is because Pakistan is paranoid because of the problems it's had in the past. And I'd like to see Pakistan sort of boosting up their grip on the way that that operates. But I think that would be the hardest thing for me. That was kind of long-winded. Thank you. No, it's good. Actually, it's a good point you brought up because their new prime minister right now, his name is Imran Khan. I'm sure you probably know him. 
he used to be a very famous cricketer and now he's a politician now he's the prime minister and the people are so happy to have him on board because he's against all that corruption he's against good security he wants a good name for the country and hopefully that sheds a light on future tourists to go and visit especially through your blogs so we're actually working on getting Imran Han to ride in my rickshaw. I've already had the governor of Punjab in the rickshaw. Yeah, actually, the governor of Punjab drove my rickshaw, believe it or not. Well, that was pretty crazy. You got to teach him how to do that. Well, I don't know how to ride the rickshaw either. It's like, it's, it's not usual. It's, no one it's, it's, like, it's like a motorcycle. If you can ride a motorcycle. You I can, can ride a motorcycle, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're solid. Like, you can do uh, it. But no, so that's the thing is, I am hoping that we line up a meeting or something after the trip ends because I want to see all of Pakistan, or as much of Pakistan as I can, before at least talking about some of the issues that I face. Because right now, the only parts that I've seen are Sindh and Punjab. I haven't had a chance to make it to Balochistan because of the NOCs and permissions and everything. That's really hard. But that is in the works because, you know, Imran Khan is doing an incredible thing for Pakistan. And when he got elected, I was here in the States and I couldn't believe it. I was so happy for tourism. I don't know about the rest of Pakistan, but for the tourism economy, he's the best thing that could have happened period. And so I'm really excited for him. And he is changing a ton of the infrastructure for tour- to help promote tourism as well as changing some of the laws. And so I'm hoping that some of the, the restrictions or some of the, like the tight-fisted like, police force might be a little bit loosened up because of his work. And I think if everything keeps going the way it's going, he's going to do incredible stuff for the country. So, How about your family? How did, especially your girlfriend and everyone at home, how did they think about it? And also when you were there, especially when you never showed up. I think I saw that vlog where you surprised your girlfriend. How is it with your family? My girlfriend Taylor and I, we started dating almost about six months ago. So just, actually we started dating while I was in Pakistan. So the very first trip that I took was in May of last year. So actually almost exactly a year from today. And leading up to that trip, it was really interesting because I did tell my family and I was just kind of like, hey guys, I'm going to Pakistan. And uh, it was really funny because my dad was like, you do crazy stuff and you've been traveling for a long time, but you need to write a will. So I have a will because I came to Pakistan. Like, I swear to God, my dad's also a lawyer, so this explains some stuff. Oh, still, like, but nevertheless, that was still the sort of reaction. My mom said her last goodbyes and everything. And like, because I mean, that's, we, I had the same viewpoint that my parents and my friends and my siblings had, you know, it was more of like, We'll just see what happens. I mean, since they see my vlogs, they know what's, they know what's up. And uh, yeah, they watch a lot of them, I think. <laughs> That's what they tell me, at least. So it's, the viewpoint for them, at least, has changed tremendously, for sure. Speaking about your vlogs, we had a fun time watching you try the different foods and like naming them and stuff and like <laughs> with your friends. So tell us about the food experience. Is it good? Is it okay? Did you get sick? We want to know. <laughs> she got okay. sick. I got sick. <laughs> okay. So I think even Pakistanis get sick at some point. I mean, that's just like, it happens. But that being said, the food is awesome. I'm not a foodie by any means and I never claim, I'll never claim to be, but the food is pretty freaking amazing. I'm not even going to lie. And what's really cool is the way that food changes as you travel, you know, certain places eat certain things. And it's, it's very distinct. I mean, Pakistan is like China in the same sense as like you can go from one city to the next city and the food style of eating will be totally different, you know, and that's been really, really neat to try. And especially traveling so slowly, you get a real nice like blend of all sorts of different foods as you, as you travel. So that's been really, really cool. Karachi and Lahore, I'd say like, if you're going to travel and if you want to experience all of Pakistan in like a city, Karachi or Lahore, for sure. There's like a crazy blend of food and people and just experiences. It's pretty neat. 
When you were in Karachi, did you visit this a little town called Sadr? It's like a downtown area with like the bazaars mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, Sadr Bazaar is actually super, super famous. And you know, it's like, it's nuts. I mm-hmm. mean, there's no other way to like, no other way to describe it. Actually, when I first started learning to drive, the guy who was teaching me how to drive, he was like, we're going to go through Sadr Bazaar. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally stopped in my tracks. I was like, really? It was rush hour. It was like 4 or 5 p.m. And I was just like, this is the worst. But after learning how to drive in Karachi, you can drive anywhere. But no, Souther is, is pretty awesome, as I'm sure you guys know. You want to tell the story of the motorcycle ride you did? Oh, yeah. So he Uh-oh. took a motorcycle ride all across the town. He was wearing a helmet. I wasn't. And I was, like, scared to death. So we went through, like, crazy traffic with, like, the rickshaws, the cars, the donkeys, you know, like, the cows. The donkeys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. The donkeys. Yeah, I was utterly culture shocked that day. <laughs> what motorcycle were you riding? Were you riding one of the 70cc? Like, yeah, I, I, we have like in the family, we have like 170cc, then we have 130cc. 150. Okay. Yeah. 150. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 150 is a little heavy, but the first day we did was 70cc. It's more comfy, but it's like super good in like driving around. I have a motorcycle here too in LA. 800 cc prime. So now it's like completely like. Oh man. Opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's like. When you do the accelerator, nothing happens on the 70 cc. I know. It's like when you there, like, it's like, but it's good. It's good. I think, especially in that traffic, there's no way you can have like that heavy bike because then there's no way you can, you cannot go anywhere. It's like, yeah, it's, stuff. yeah, it would be hard. That would be really, really hard. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome now. What are you planning to do next? Uh, I think you're going back again to Pakistan. And what is your plan for the next six to eight months? I'm here for a few more weeks. I'm actually based right now in New Orleans with my girlfriend. And then I'll be flying back, back to Islamabad. We just got permissions to drive a rickshaw in Islamabad. And that's a big deal because there's never been a rickshaw in Islamabad. There's some pretty hard restrictions on that. So we got permission and I'm going to drive the rickshaw all over Islamabad. It's going yeah, <laughs> to be me. We're going to pull in some of the yeah. Pindi boys, maybe. So them all know all the boys. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. But no, so Islamabad. And then we're going to, ha- I'm going to spend the next three months going all over the north in a rickshaw or at least trying to and the thing is the northern areas if you don't know about it it has mountains bigger than the alp this is the land of k2 one of the most difficult well actually the most difficult mountain to climb arguably and it's in the same mountain ranges as everest so these are the kinds of mountains that you're climbing up and i'm climbing on this tiny little matchbox rickshaw that has no power and it's going to be really, really interesting. So three months up there and I'll come back and I'll spend about three months editing and traveling and doing my own thing and enjoying Pakistan. But so the next six months we'll be in Pakistan creating awesome content. Looking forward to showing everybody like Pakistan, the Northern areas of Pakistan in the spring and summer. Oh my gosh. Like that's going to be nuts. Like absolutely nuts. He's actually been there. Yeah. All the way up to Naran Kagan, which is like, it's a beautiful valley. You should go there too. Here, if you want to go like that, I think it's all, Super beautiful. What time of year did you go? Summer is the only time you can go up there because if you go during the winter, it's so hard. Harsh. Yeah, yeah. it's like harsh and the what weather is not nice at the same time. Like the roads which go all the way up there is not safer. So you may have to do it before December, December. or do it. Yes, in- it'll be like end of May, June, July, and August. Perfect time. So pretty much three months in there. And then afterwards, yeah, I'll have to come back because man it's that's i'm so scared to be honest like oh man if, you know but i mean you know about like all the crazy like batons driving their trucks up north and, like, 
that's gonna be nuts my dad's a Patan, actually <laughs> yeah he's Who's here that? now but back in the day you know <laughs> i know they're famous for like especially if you see them in karachi also all the buses transportation, yeah, transportation systems, system yeah, is all, all owned them. by them they don't care they are like they own it they own it they're strong people <laughs> yeah. dude no it's it, the guy who was teaching me how to drive and do all the maintenance and everything the whole shop was Patan, like put up a ton like completely completely but yeah yeah yeah. Um, oh, yeah so speak some order too and then like just to give the audience idea of how good are you yeah yeah, and the meaning is, is like he's as fast as a potato, which means yep. he's not. He's slow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do Urdu very good. No, not I just pretend to be a patan. There I know, you go. That's you so easy. Buy, you, know? yeah. totally. you only have to wear all the traditional, uh, maybe shalwar kameez and stuff. And the then. I'm trying to do that. Bought a GoPro specifically for this. Is I'm headed to uh, Peshawar and I'm gonna wear the shawar kameez and drive the rickshaw and see if I can uh, do some prank and stuff. So that'll be <gasps> that's really so cool. That'll be, that'll be pretty fun. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, pranking batons in my rickshaw. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your editing and your vlogging. Who helps you edit your videos? It's you all me. Them? So everything's in house. That's one of the things is the cool things for me is it's all about creating content and the whole process from shooting, editing, uploading, all of that is me. But when I'm on the road, it's usually four days of editing followed by three days of either traveling or shooting or both. And so that's like perpetual, like definitely perpetual. And so shooting a vlog usually takes between a day and two days to shoot, depending on what's happening, up to three days. And it takes about two to three hours per minute of video for editing. So for example, if you have a 10 minute vlog, you're between 20 and 30 hours of editing. And then there's been some vlogs where I've spent up to 50 hours editing one vlog. And you're like, wow, that's really annoying. Okay. One more other question that I had for you was that what kind of exposure have you gotten since you've been vlogging about your trip to Pakistan? What kind of people have been reaching out to you? Are you seeing like positivity or people being negative? Like, what have you experienced? This is really interesting, actually. And this taps into like a huge phenomenon that's happening that's actually improving Pakistan's like tourism economy. Pakistan has been in the dark ages as far as like social media for a long time. There was even a time when YouTube was banned, right? Then a few years after that, that's when the YouTube phenomenon started booming in Pakistan. And then as of last year, you've noticed a trend of foreign influencers coming to Pakistan. It's reasons, but you see a lot of foreigners coming to Pakistan, particularly because the audience is so receptive and so supportive. For example, I've had actually people coming uh, to Pakistan who are like, hey, I want to boost my audience and I'm going to come to Pakistan to travel. Do you think that'll work? And I was like, yeah, actually, yeah. Like People are expecting 50 to 100, 200, 400% increases of their following just by coming to Pakistan and talking about Pakistan. And so whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, just because people are coming just to boost their audiences, whatever, I mean, that's preservation in this game. 
there's a huge positive response to foreign influencers coming into Pakistan. And so with me, since I've been one of the first ones, it's been really cool because my fan base is like predominantly Pakistani now. And so that's what I'm doing is I'm this white guy in a rickshaw catering to Pakistanis and speaking Urdu and a bunch of Urdu in my vlogs. And so, yeah, it's been really, really cool. And especially because I am a foreigner in Pakistan with a Pakistani audience is I get recognized all the time, like on the streets and the rickshaw and everything. It's been really, really cool. And it's been really cool because I've been approached by all sorts of people wanting to do all sorts of collabs. And I got to meet some really incredible talent because if I can get a chance to feature them in my vlogs, that helps them too. So just trickling down the audience into, uh, into the local scene. And I think that's what's so important is like Pakistan has this beautiful, like all of these beautiful places and has incredible food. And one of the things that, that people are missing is the fact that these are some incredibly talented artists that have had no exposure in Pakistan and now they're finally getting out there with all of their work and that could be anything from like you know metal working to photography videography to like even dance and music and so that's been really really cool to explore that and we'll see that a lot hopefully we'll see that a lot in other people's vlogs and definitely in mine for sure don't you feel like the south asian community or like the, the audience is like so loyal once they like oh, someone yeah. they will be there for life following you uh, through your journey you know just like supporting you and yeah, I think that yeah, you've got a good fan base there. Definitely. You see that transferred out into other places too. I have a huge community right now, a huge following that's based out of Houston, Texas. Houston, Dallas, like even California, like there's massive pockets of Pakistani population. And so everybody's mm -hmm. like, dude, if you come to Houston, if you come to California, come hit me up. Like, I'm like, dude, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the community has been really awesome. That just goes back to the hospitality of Pakistanis. You know, it's incredible. What do you suggest other influencers planning to go to countries like Pakistan? Obviously, there are other countries like this also, which not many people are going right now. What's your suggestion? How can they figure that out first, create a plan? And then what are the things which they have to prepare before? A real tip for influencers is the trend now is when I first got there, everybody was talking or everybody wanted to hear, hey, Pakistan's amazing. It's not a terrorist country. Now it's less of that because people have done that well, like people like Eva Zubek, Rosie, I've done some of it. Now people are interested in Pakistan is not a terrorist country. What things does it have to offer? What are some really, really cool places? That's going to get, that's going to get pretty overexposed, I think, after the summer because everybody and their mother will be up in the north. After that, I think if you're following trends, it's going to be the kinds of people that are in Pakistan, the absolute absurd amount of talent that's in Pakistan. So if you really want to do really well, and I think one thing, if you really want to actually help Pakistan, is find people that are locals that do anything and everything that you think would be amazing and feature them in your content. And I, that's my biggest suggestion is because if you're going to influence anybody, influence them to help, to help other people. Because I mean, that's what we're all here about. Really, if you want to do well, I would suggest if you get there soon, hit the places like the big, all the areas of North, all that fun stuff, but also find out what people are doing. That's really awesome. Musicians, dancers, artists, all that fun stuff, and then highlight their work. That's what I recommend for sure. That's what it's all about, you know, and building a sense of community would be really cool. And do you recommend traveling solo or with another person? Like, what do you think? What's your Good advice? question. There was an article that recently came out because, oh, well, the details are a little bit hairy, but something happened to a female solo traveler. And I think one of the things is that influencers have been doing and been doing wrong is portraying Pakistan as a perfectly perfect country. That gets them a lot of views because everybody wants to hear that their country is perfect. 
But Pakistan is like any other country. There's always places that are good. There's always places that are hairy, like anywhere else when you travel. Just bear in mind, what do the locals say? Do they say, go out at night and do this? I mean, or do they say, hey, maybe you should stay inside them? Do I say Pakistan is safe? Definitely. Do I think it's safe for solo travel? Absolutely. But just, you know, use common sense, use your brain, talk to people and find out, hey, is this area cool? Is it not? That sort of thing. But do I recommend it as a solo traveler? Definitely. And I lo- I'd love traveling solo in Pakistan. So we're going to wrap it up with three more questions for you. We're going to start with some personal questions. Like you Hit said, it was, it was okay with you. <laughs> Did anyone try to take advantage of you since you are an American and you were alone, the camera and you know, you probably had like all the high tech equipment. It's kind of like a place where do or die. Some people will just like, you know, rob for a living and stuff. And it's the truth. There's you, always bad people. Yeah, every everywhere, every country you go to. So tell us about any situation like that. I would say definitely. I mean, if you go to any market, um, you're always going to get the higher price. You're, you're a Gorda, you're a white person for sure. That's going to happen. I think in some places too, like when I was getting the rickshaw made, I noticed that was a lot price jacking. And so I actually flew out a friend of mine from Islam, who's a Pakistani, and he helped me do all of the fixing. So all of the, the bargaining negotiating. So I would say that's the biggest thing. As far as people like looking out for my cameras and stuff, I've never had anything that like really stood out or like, I don't think I've ever had anything like that. I'm sure those people exist. I'm sure there's always been people's thoughts and minds, especially when people find out like the kinds of cameras I'm using they're pretty up there but as far as issues like that no and I haven't yet so fingers crossed that, that fingers can... crossed because my main thing was everyone was telling me to not have my phone in public view yeah so I was always scared of that so I'm just wondering about your equipment yeah so it's also it comes a lot back to uh common sense and, and listening to the locals in Karachi especially you don't take out your phone at night especially when you're riding a bike you don't ride in places that are like just you. You always make sure that there's crowded places or something like that. And even the same thing in interior sin. These are some really, really impoverished areas. Even if my phone is an iPhone 7, and so by Western standards, it's like, okay, you have a, you barely have a phone. But by, <laughs> I mean, like Pakistani standards, especially in some places in Pakistani standards, like the fact that you have an iPhone is like, whoa. So it's like anywhere else. You just be careful. I mean, just listen to what the locals are. But that's pretty much it. But as far as like issues, no, because I've been pretty careful and I've been doing this for a long time. Is there anything like you want listener to help you with in terms of, I know you were putting everything from your own pocket. Do you think, are you planning to like crowd like a crowdfunding campaign or something? Or are you looking for sponsors? How can mm-hmm. listeners support you anywhere yeah. in terms of money or a local support from any of the yeah. things going to? As far as support, I'm very picky about who I accept money from. And the reason is because I'm, I'm dedicated to keeping my content pure. I see a lot of influencers that have gotten help from the military, from the government, and that's all fine and good. And they're making money and they're making a living. But the problem is, is you can't say certain things if you're influenced that way. It's where the influencers are being influenced. And so because of that, I'm very adamant about like being, keeping a safe distance from being influenced and being able to say what I want to say. I would say about 85% of this whole thing is self-funded. And then 15% of that comes from some really awesome donations actually from you, believe it or not. So that's been, been super, super amazing. And then some things like small gigs, like sponsorships, like have been, there's a number of clothing brands in Pakistan that I've advertised with. And then uh, even Food Panda too, which is like Uber Eats, but for Pakistan. And so like there's been some small gigs, but most of it, actually like 85% of it has been out of my own pocket for sure. 
If you'd like to support, there is, I do have a PayPal and I do have an easy PESA for those of you guys who are in Pakistan. And can you put that in the link below? Or how does that work? You guys? I don't know. <laughs> we'll do it. He'll do it. On podcast, I will, we will add a link to your Instagram and your YouTube account mm-hmm. so people can go and more of your content there. Last question I'll ask. Okay. 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 So my, the last question we have for you, it's actually a really good question. It's, what world learning experience would you take away from your trip to Pakistan that you could bring to the States? Like, what would you tell people? What really moved you? It's super generic and super basic, but don't judge people based on what you think you know. Boom. Period. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Good one. Yeah. Let's end on this. Thank you very much for being part of this podcast and super excited to for your future videos and we'll keep on following you on your trip to Pakistan. And uh, can you just share your Instagram link and how people can find you and your uh, blogging on YouTube? So if you guys search college free, that's college free one word, or you can search a two word, it works too. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. There's supposedly there's a Twitter floating around, but I don't use it. Just search college free and all the stuff comes up. The fun stuff, the videos, the vlogs on YouTube and then Instagram, bunch of fun yeah, stories and that's where you can follow me live if you actually want to see exactly what i'm doing that's straight up live location everything so that's pretty cool all right thank you so much alexander for joining a uh, cup of joe best of luck for your adventures in pakistan <laughs> thank you guys goodbye guys signing off this episode of cup of joe podcast has ended please be sure to subscribe for more fun conversations And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or the app that you're using so we can continue to bring you the best content. We are also on all social media channels. You can find us at cupofjoepod or cupofjoepod.com. See you on our next episode.